Yevamot Kufdal Ramud Aleph, Cross Disciplinary Brilliance, Chalitza Tigmar Din Damir. One of the biggest inhibitors of truly creative thinking and innovative solutions is people's tendency to remain boxed into the into a siloed kind of thinking, to be able to 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 think in the parameters of one's own discipline, of the way one has been trained, of the environment in which one operates and in, in which one lives uh, and learns. Uh, so that if one's a mathematician, one thinks mathematically. If you're a, an artist, you think artistically. And those are the lenses through which you see the world. And Gemara, uh, Talmud trains us, perhaps better than any other discipline in the world, trains us to be really good at to be able to think cross-functionally, to be able to look at the whole world as an integrated one of all of knowledge, all of truth as an integrated one, to be able to see the oneness of everything and to be able to find universal truth in penetrating to the very foundation of an idea where it applies not only in the discipline you're studying, but because it's so foundational, it applies everywhere. An example we often talk about is is gravity. Gravity is a concept in physics, but it's not only a concept in physics. If you think about it more holistically and you think about the force that pulls things down, uh, that's an idea that that is in spirituality, it's in psychology, it's in economics and finance. Uh, overcoming the force of gravity is not just a principle in physics, it's a principle in life, it's a principle in everything. Uh, and so it is with, uh, with in many, many different areas. Um, the idea of, of friction, creating energy. Uh, again, not just an, uh, not just something, in, uh, an, an idea in electronics or in physics, but an idea in everything. Uh, and so when we learn Gomorrah, we see that very, very clearly, and we're trained to think that way. And a great example is in our Gomorrah and Daf Kuftal and You know that we've been busy with Chalitza. Chalitza is the separating of a man whose brother has died childlessly, separating the surviving brother from his sister-in-law, the widow of the late uh, of the late brother, because he is naturally connected to her by the laws of Yibum, that he's expected to marry her and have children with her. Uh, if this cannot take place, as in the case of today, or either party doesn't want it to take place, then Chalitza has to happen. And Chalitza is a three-step process where he has to remove a special shoe that's designed for the purposes and given to the uh, to the man. Uh, she has to remove that shoe from his foot. She has to spit in his presence and she has to recite the parish in the Torah that deals with Chalitza. Once that's done, they're separated out. And we find ourselves in our Gemara talking about Chalitza and the Mishnah and Daf Kuftalad, but very suddenly we find ourselves immersed in laws of Choshin Mishpat. Um, Chalitza is a law in in Nashim, in the laws of of inter, interrelationships and cross-gender interrelationships in marriage and divorce and so on. And uh, Choshin Mishpat is the section of the Shulchan Aruch that deals with monetary law. Uh, and we see the intersection here so interestingly because we have a principle in the Mishnah, there is a difference of opinion in the Mishnah as to whether if Chalitza takes place at night, it's a valid Chalitza or it isn't. The Tanakama holds it is valid, and Rabbi Elazar holds it is not valid. And in seeking the, the foundation of their dispute, the Gemara comes to the conclusion that, that Chalitza is like a type of financial litigation. It's a financial litigation, explains Rashi, because there are financial implications. When she and the Chalitza is done, she's able to claim her ketuvah, the same as if she got a divorce. She's able to claim her ketuvah, so there is a financial implication from the completion of, 
of the chalitza, and as such, it entails judgment. And that's why we need three dayanim. We need uh, a beitin of three judges, as we would in, in financial matters, because there is financial implication. So here you've got an example of this cross-disciplinary thinking. Since there is financial implication here, we've got to also think of it as a financial transaction, not just as a ritualistic transaction between man and woman. And the Gemara explains that the one view, the view of Rabbi Elazar, who says, no, if it's done at night, that, that is not valid at all, is because chalitza kitchilat din damia. Chalitza is like the initiation of litigation. And we learn in Shulchan Aruch in Simon Hay that ein danin balayla bitchilat din, you can't do the beginning, you can't start litigation in the nighttime. Umar sabar chalitza kigmar din damia. And the Chachomim hold that Chalitza is like the end of the process of litigation. Um, and we do learn in the Shulchan Aruch as, as well that that if we started a, a, an act of litigation, a process of litigation in the daytime, then you may complete it at night. It's, uh, you, you just can't initiate at night, but if you've started in the daytime, you could complete it, you could complete it at night. Um, and so we see here that the, the, the need to look at Choshen Mishpat in order to understand this, this Mishnah. The, um, the Hagos Mordechai, the Mordechai is, we've spoken about just a, a, a great work. It's a work that isn't used as much as it should and could be because the various different manuscripts are, are quite confusing. They're misprints, they're different versions. It's not an easy safer to, to really grasp. But the Mordechai, after the period of the, of the Tosfot, Period. He's a student of of Maram Rutenberg, who's the end of the Tosfot period. Uh, the Mordechai, um, in, in the same way as his contemporary, the, the Rosh, takes all of the thinking of the Bale Tosfot, the, the, the European school of reasoning, of analytics that Rashi initiates in his grandchildren, Rabbi Nutam and Ri, uh, and he takes all of that multi generational thinking. And he brings it into halachic conclusions in the book of the Mordechai, uh, which is printed at the back of, of, of every Gemara. And the Mordechai says there that the reason that it might be considered kitchilatin is because the al-yadei chalitza matchelit nitvoa ktufta. Because once she's done chalitza, she can begin the process of claiming her ksuba. So that's why it's like the initiation of a legal process. Umar sava kigmar hadin and... Um, the other view of the Tanakhama is that it's like the end of, a, of litigation. She doesn't have to claim her ketuvah. Once the chalitza is done, the, the ketuvah is heard, hers automatically. The amount of money agreed in the ketuvah automatically transfers to her. Uh, she, does, she doesn't have to go to Beitin to claim it. It can immediately be um, executed on. Uh, and the, the Mordechai says it's in the name of Rashi. We don't have it in, in, in Rashi, but, but uh, that's what he says, explaining these two different views. And then he says, It seems for me that there's a major principle that can be extrapolated from, from this. He doesn't go into details as what that is. But we see from the Vilna Gaon and Shulchan Aruch that a bit of an insight as to what it might be. Uh, because in Shulchan Aruch, there's a, a view of the Ramor that There is a view, says the Ramor, that if they didn't do it right, they actually started their litigation in the, in the nighttime, but but if it's already done, we'll we'll accept it. The Vilna Gaon says, but but we don't. We actually paskin not that way. We paskin that it, even bidiyevet it isn't okay, uh, and the, and the din would have to be done. The litigation would have to be held again. 
And one of the sources for that, that the Vilna Gaon brings both there in Simon Hay and in Simon Kafchet, is from our Gemara here on in Yevamot Daf Kufdalad. Because what, what do we see here? Our Mishnah says that if Chalitza takes place at night, then according to Rabbi Elazar, which is the way the Rif and others paskin, that's the law, the Rabbi Elazar says, Posel, that, that Chalitza is not valid. And we said because the Chalitza is Kitchila Dindamia, because we consider Chalitza as the initiation of a legal process. So you see clearly from our Gemara, explains the Vilna Gaon, that if a legal process is initiated at nighttime, it's posel, it's not allowed, even bedievet, even once it's already done. We have to undo it and we have to redo it because it has no, no validity. So here we see that a principle in mandatory law dealt with in Choshin Mishpat, over which there is major dispute among the um, the, the Acharonim as to whether or not if a, a, a legal case was initiated at night, whether we can consider it as, as done or whether we have to redo it, that whole issue is resolved, according to the Vilna Gaon, by our Gomorrah here uh, with respect to Chalitza. And that's probably what the Mordechai means when he says, There's a major principle that can be learned from this, and that is that if you start litigation at night, even Bidievit, even if it's already done, you need to redo it because this is not a valid, uh, this would not be a valid, a valid case. Uh, and the, the reasons for that, the, the various different reasons, we, we learn it from, from Negaim, when a Kohen looks at a Nega at a, a spot that has become impure and he has to determine the color and the quality of the spot, that has to be done in the daytime, implying that, we, and, and the, the, the Gemara learns that there is a connection between Negaim and, uh, and Dinim, are arguments between people where judgment is required. And what we see is when judgment is required, just as when a Kohen needs to look and a nega and has to decide exactly what color it is and what texture it is. He has to use his judgment, and that should be done in the daytime, not only because color is more clearly seen in the day in daylight, but because judgment is clearer in the daytime. That's what we learn from the from the principle. And since in Chalitza there is an element of judgment that has financial implications, judgment has to take place in the daytime. Uh, and and that's when when there's greater clarity of thought. And, uh, and and therefore it's required to be so. So here we see a great example of being able to, from the laws of Chalitza, deep in the in Seder Nashim, in the section of Shas that deals with man-woman man relationships, we're able to resolve an issue in Choshen Mishpat and the laws of mandatory laws and in, in, in the Zikin, where we deal with, with litigation in mandatory affairs, we're able to think cross-functionally. And just as we're getting used on our, on our piece of Gomorrah to think about Chalitza in the context, in a wider context, to include Choshen uh, Mishpah, to include laws of, of mandatory matters, uh, the Gemara on the very next page starts comparing it to Kochim um, and, and trying to learn and understand the different steps in the process. Uh, as I mentioned, we've got these three steps. She has to take the shoe off, she has to spit in his presence, and she, has to, she has to recite the piece. What happens if she did one piece without the other, or she did two pieces without the third piece? Uh, what is valid, what isn't valid? The Gemara goes on to learn that from the laws of Korbanot, from Kodshim. Um, so here we have each each Seder, we have six Sedarim in, in Shas. Each one has a way of thinking. Uh, we have um, Zra'im, which deals with agricultural laws, laws of of, of, of agriculture. We have Moed that deals with laws of time, Shabbat, Yom Tov, and so on. 
Uh, we have Nashim, which deals with inter, with gender issues. We have Nazikin, which deals with financial issues. We have Tarot, which deals with purity and impurity. And we have Kochim, which deals with sacrifices. And there are different ways of thinking. And yet we've got to be able to cross those silos, silos and appro- apply universal principles. Know which of the principles are unique to that specific silo and which of the principles are global, universal, and can be apply, applied across silos. And so here in this area of Chalitza, within one page of Gomorrah, we're applying Chalitza to laws of mandatory litigation, and we're applying laws of sacrifices of Korbanot to Chalitza. The different ways of thinking are so very clear. In the laws of, of finance, we use logic. We use reason more than anything else. Uh, there's an enormous reliance on, on human logic and on human reasoning. When it comes to Kodshim, it's not about human reasoning at all. It's formalistic. It's much more axiomatic. We need to know the axioms and apply them correctly. A different way of operating, different way of thinking. And in Chalitza, there are both elements. There is a financial element that needs reason and judgment. And there's also a formalistic uh, aspect. Three things have to be done. Uh, it doesn't matter what the reasoning is and, and what the rationale and the logic is. These three things have to be done. And if they're not all done in the right sequence, then we have a question. Is the Chalitza valid or not? From that, we're able to law, learn from the laws of Korbanot, which are also formalistic. Uh, again, just a beautiful example of how we get trained in Talmud. Talmud is so important. Gemara learning is so important, not only because of its content. In a sense, its content is, is less important. What's important is the way of thinking, the method of reasoning, the depths to which we go, how it helps mold our minds, how it gives us the lens with which to look at reality and to look at the world, how it makes us greater in the way we perceive and the way we understand and in the insights we gain. Uh, And this is a, a wonderful example of the Gemara working across silos in order to understand the full power and impact of the laws that we're analyzing.